Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is sponsored by Charles Darwish in honor of Rabbi Shlomo Farhe Hazaku Baruch Charles. Thank you very much. I appreciate the appreciation. God bless you. Okay, let's begin. We read now in Parashat Naso um, some, uh, a very interesting concept. Uh, raise up the Bnei Gershon, also each one, the Bet Avotam, to their father's house, the Mishpichotam. So there's three sets. There's Rosh Bnei Gershon, there's, Rosh, there's the Naso of Kehat, of the children of Kehat, which is in last week's parasha. If you take a look, you'll see it over there. And then there's the third set. You have Gershon, Kehat, and Merari. The last one is Bnei Merari, the Mishpechotan, the Beit Avotam, Tifkodotam. So the question is, why is it that by Bnei Kehat it says Naso et Rosh? You know, raise up the the uh, the what's it called? The the heads, count them, each one, raise them up. Bnei Kehat, Mitoch Bnei Levi, Mitoch Mishpechotan, Beit Avotam. Same thing, Naso et Rosh, Bnei Gershon, Gamhem, the Beit Avotam. Also them. And then finally, it doesn't say that one should raise the Benemirari to what's it called? To, uh, uh, to, the, to, to, be, uh, to be counted in that way. And I saw the most magnificent idea. And the idea is brought down as follows. Kehat means when things and when people are gathered together. So number one, you have one set of Levi'im, one set of... Uh, elevation in the process of Torah, which comes from good people banding together to be able to build and to create something beautiful. You have Gershon as well, the same concept is also a positive thing, but the name Merari means something that is bitter. And Rabutai, when a person experiences Torah and they experience mitzvot in a process or in a time where things are very bitter for them, so then says the Seder Sefarim, magnificent. At that point, they don't need Nassau et Rosh B'nai Yisrael. Raise up the heads, you know, because the Mishpichotam and the Bet Avotam that you're trying to raise them to, they are greater than their parents. This, is, this speaks specifically to our, uh, our generation. We sit here today and we talk about this idea of Nassau, about raising oneself up. And I remember yesterday, after uh, the holiday, I, what's it called? I, uh, I had a chance to, uh, to go catch up on the messages that, you know, that maybe would have come in over the last three days. You know, in Eretz Israel, they only had one day of the holiday that was yesterday. It was already uh, Yom Chol. So I'm, I, I'm going through my phone to look at it, and I got Somebody sent me this uh, meme, a little picture online with a little caption. And it says, you know, this is what everybody looks like one second after three days of an uplifting Yom Tov. And you just see this person sitting at a table on his phone, like, you know, spacing out into his phone. Every person one second after, after an inspiring three-day Yom Tov. And, and I thought to myself, you know what? On the one hand, how sad is it that this is true? I'm sure every single one of us, the second the holiday was over, what did we do? We grabbed our phone, you caught up, you looked at it, you vegged out. We just spent three days reading about, learning about, feeling the importance of Torah, the importance of growth, and this is where we are. It's very easy, Rabotai, to get down on a generation like ours. But our Chachamim tell us, Rabotai, that although in previous generations they had very difficult times with regards to the suffering 
that they were that they had to endure in order to be Jewish. Regarding the very difficult, uh, you know, times that they were put through, even for being a Jew. And today, for us, it's so easy. On the one hand, that's correct, and on the one hand, they were much greater than us in levels of Torah. They were much greater than us in their midot. They were much greater, like they say, they don't make them like they used to. You know, you got to see the OG, like they say. You know. However, Rabotai, when it comes to certain things, our generation is actually much more difficult to be able to achieve Torah. It was never such a thing that you walk down the street and your, uh, your eyes and ears are assailed uh, by things that are just, let's call them less than ideal. It was never a time in the history of the world where someone could interrupt, ne- never mind you a day with a letter, but they could interrupt each and every minute of your day with a message, with a phone call. And half the time you look down, someone sent you something, it's so stupid, it's not even worth, wasn't even worth one second of your time. And then you respond something else stupid back because you don't want to leave it unresponded to. And you wind up wasting 20 minutes literally with the, stu- the, mo- the most stupid exchange ever known to man. But Rabotai, when you're faced with the difficulty of these things, although it's not the same type of difficulty, in some ways, it's more difficult than it ever was. Not because of persecution, but because of focus. We don't have time to ourselves. Our brains are, not, are no longer wired to be able to hunker down and lock in on something and stay focused on something. So when God sees that we're fighting our phones, even for an extra minute, an extra hour, that's a big deal. You know, I, I've said this to people quite a lot over the last... Uh, of the last uh, uh, few years. It's not just Mirari that has you know, a difficult time that maybe doesn't need to reach the level of his forefathers because on a certain level, his avodah is even more precious to God. It's not just Mirari, someone who goes through something very bitter or very difficult, who keeps a mitzvah or who does the right thing or who carries on praying or who retains their faith. It's also people like us that are struggling in the day-to-day grind, Rabotai, Sometimes it's very hard to start, you know, doing a shi'ur. You're part of a group of friends, you know, maybe they're not so strict about something. And now to be able to fight that by yourself is not an easy thing. But Rabotai, we learned something magnificent about the Torah. The Torah, it says, was given esh shechora al esh levana. It was given black fire on white fire. Where does it say this? It says it on the Pasuk, Mimino Eshdat Lamo. Mimino Eshdat, what is Eshdat? Eshdat is two words, a fire of the law. And now Chachamim say that that's what it means, it was given black fire and white fire. Of course, the Kabbalistic understanding of this is reserved for the readers of the Tikkun HaZohar from the night of Shavuot who understood what they were talking about. However, on a simple level, it means many, many different things. And I want to just share one of the interpretations of what this idea of black fire on white fire means. On its simplest idea, we look at the Sefer Torah and you see that there are black letters written on a white parchment. And we look and our eyes pick out the letters themselves, which are in and of itself the words of the Torah. However, our Sefarim tell us that when a person looks at the Torah and they understand the Torah, they should know like the word Yisrael is an acronym for Yesh Shishim Ribo Otiyot La Torah. Yisrael. Yesh Shishim Ribo Otiyot La Torah. There are 600,000 letters in the Torah. However, the problem is, count the letters in the Torah, you'll find out that there aren't 600,000 letters. So where are these 600,000 letters? There's roughly about half 
and our Chachamim explain that it, that is true that there are there are roughly half letters in black written in ink, but when you have two letters next to each other, so the space white the white space in between the two letters also creates a form. So as an example, let's say you have an aleph, and then you have next to it a bet. So the bet looks like this, the aleph looks like this. The sh- the shape of the white in between those two spaces is also important. Just this idea itself, that the white space also has an element or a concept of Torah, in and of itself has many different interpretations. And I'll give you one, uh, one answer, one concept of that. One concept of this is that it is not just the letters themselves, the commandment itself which gets counted when a person is trying to follow the ways of Torah, but also the Torah takes into account the context upon which, the background against which it is written. So you have someone, who struggles very, very much, uh, you know, with a, a desire for arayot. In fact, we have in this week's parasha, we look about the idea of sotah. And we know we're familiar with the idea that the sotah, she drinks from the ma'im and the ararim. And at the end of the process, after this woman, her husband told her not to be secluded with this man. She winds up being secluded with the man. We don't know what's happened. Nobody knows. We have no proof that anything untoward happened. We just know that they were together. She drinks from the Maimah Ma'ararim. And the Pasuk says, if she did sin with the person, so what happens? The water brings about the most uh, terrible curse because of what she did, because of her uh, infidelity and her adultery. However, if she kept herself pure in that situation, it says that she's blessed with the most incredible blessings. If she never had children, she has children. If she had ever had a, a, you know, a boy, she gets, she gets to have a boy. If, she, if the children were short before then, then she has a child that's tall. If she has, you know, every, it goes on and on and on. If she had one child at the time, she'll have twins. It goes, the berachot are wild that happens from this, from this word. So the Beit Yisrael asks a fantastic question. He says, I don't understand. Here's a girl, here's a woman. She didn't go to Beit HaKnesset to read Tehillim. She secluded herself with a man. Her husband had to warn her, otherwise there's no sota. Husband had to warn her. He said, Kinui. He said, don't, please, I don't want you to be alone with this person. She does it again. Now, that's Asur. She's not allowed to do that. And now she did it again. And now, if she drinks the water, but she, she was pure, she didn't do anything, she gets all sorts of berachot. You know what the result should be if she didn't do anything? The water should not do anything. <laughs> she didn't do anything. The water should not do anything. She didn't do something positive. Why does she get a beracha? And the Beit Israel says, on a certain level, the fact that she was in such a challenging time, a challenging moment, and she maintained her composure and her, uh, and her, uh, her focus, and she maintained her, her yetzer hatob, not to sin, that in and of itself is worth a beracha. What we learn from this is that sometimes when a person's in a terrible situation, even something which is not the best thing, but at least I didn't do the thing that was bad. At least even that is a tremendous level. So if I'm sitting in the synagogue and I'm not doing a crime, that's not so hard. But if I'm in a situation which is not, it's murky, and I come out, even not having sinned, not even necessarily have done a great mitzvah, but even if I do a little bit better than I could have done, that I could have fallen, that also God takes into account and even will reward us and bless us. So you want to know what the white fire is? The white fire of Torah is that there's a Torah written about background, about circumstances, 
about how a person deals in situations which are not ideal, and even if he can't do the very, very best level that Torah wants, still there's many, many levels between the very best and the very worst, and every bit that we could claw back to ourselves is valued by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So therefore, when it comes to Mirari, we don't say, Nesot Rosh Mirari, raise up the ones who are bitter, the sons of those who are bitter. Rabotai, I maybe just would like to end with one last idea of the Shishim Ribo Otiyot Torah, and that is, Rabotai, <clears throat> that on a certain level, it's, uh, a, it's an imperative thing to recognize that without the Esh Levana, you could not see the Esh Shechora. If you do not have the parchment, where are the letters? And what the Torah is communicating to that, to, 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 with that to us is that the circumstances in our life that allow us to experience and to uh, interact and to enact the Torah's laws, they become elevated by the mitzvot that we do with them. On the one hand, I could fail at the prospect and just leave the situation, and then my challenging situation was just something that hurt me. But the minute I choose to turn it around, to hold myself, to uh, raise myself up by doing the right thing in a very difficult circumstance, I turn this circumstance into the most beautiful thing that ever happened to me. To the point where you know how this person sits at the, you know, they have a great experience. They come, they sit with their friends, they say, you never believe what happened to me. I went to the desk, I checked in and the woman said, uh, sir, we're getting, we have an upgrade for you. And they check, you know, they changed my ticket to business or to first class. I got to the hotel, I ordered a regular room. You never believe what happened. They upgraded me. They sent me to the presidential suite. Person feels amazing. Rabotai, when a person takes a very difficult situation and turns it around, eventually that situation becomes something that they're so proud of. It's an upgrade. It's something which is wonderful. But whether or not it will be something that will drag us down and haunt us and hurt us, or whether it will be something that will raise us up, lift us, and make us proud of ourselves, that sits in our hands. Ask yourself when you're in a difficult situation one question. What do I want to say when this story is over? How do I want to talk about this moment in the future? How will this moment be remembered? As a positive moment? As a moment that I fell and I became uh, ashamed of myself? The guilt that I'll feel when I've done the wrong thing? Or will it be something that I'll be able to communicate to my children? Say to my son when he's going through a tough time, you know, once... When, you, uh, when I was younger, I went through, and this is what happened. And you know what, till this day, that moment gives me strength and makes me believe that I have capacity to be able to be good even in difficult and dire situations. May God bless us always to be elevated, uh, whether we are Gershoms, whether we are Kehats, yeah. and even if we are Meraris. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen.